MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Greg Peterson experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is our number two of the Greg Peterson experience right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. And we've got a tremendous hour coming up for you as we're going to have a little bit of a football roundtable discussion coming up. In 15 minutes, Randy McKay, professional handicapper and the 2017 VSIN Fan of the Year, along with Mackenzie Kramer, does a great job over at ESPN's show, The Daily Wager. He does a lot of their research and does a lot of their work in terms of being able to find all the great trends in pretty much all sports. He is an ace when it comes to a little bit of everything. They're going to be joining me. We're going to be taking a look at some NFL Week 2. Going to be trying to find a few college plays as well as I really don't have anything for the college football slate for Fridays. I know that we've got a few games, so we got a few guests. We will see if we can come up with a few plays for you on that front. Got a little bit more in terms of the baseball slate, so we're going to be leading off right there, and then most likely in our number three. Might come up our number two, but most likely our number three. I've got my Circa Millions card that I need to fill out. Did not decide to go with the Thursday night football game. I would have taken the Chargers, but with that said, you also, when you have to file in, For a lot of these contests, you do need to put in all five of your picks right away. You can't just pick that one game and then you're for it another time. So you typically don't want to do that. You want to gain as much information as humanly possible. See how these injury lists wind up coming out as well. But what we also do have is a great team behind the scenes. As you can see, it is a great Peterson experience. But 
Behind Greg Peterson is the best team in the business. Jason Kahn, who gets all the guests set up. He does amazing work of just being able to keep this thing on the rails. Without him, I will probably be out in the ditch. So a big thanks to our wonderful producer, Jason. Nick, he is our technical director. All the graphics that you wind up seeing on screen, he is responsible for those. And the reason why I sound so sharp on the audio, that's because our good friend Taylor sets me up every single night. All these guys do amazing work. I truly do work with the best in the business. So now it's time for me to live up to my billing and let's try to get out of this cold spell on the DK Nation picks as let's go 929-930 on the betting board to the lone interleague game. It is the New York Yankees. They're on the road facing off against the Milwaukee Brewers as Adrian, don't call him Doogie Elzer, is going to be going for the Brewers and Frankie Montas is on the bump for the Yankees and the Yankees. Currently at DraftKings, it's the highest mark I'm seeing on them at a minus 130, seeing a lot of minus 120 to minus 125 in the market. And with the Brewers, going to be getting them between about a plus 108 to a plus 115 with a total on this game of eight. I was willing to lay up to about a minus 147, minus 148 on the Yankees. So I'm going to be riding with their money line. It seems like the Yankees have been able to get out of their swoon as they've been able to win eight out of their last 10 games. Has been a good stretch for them. Aaron Judge just continues to be a completed under monster, 57 home runs this season. But on top of that, Flavor Torres has been able to pound out 20-plus home runs. He's hitting about a 245. John Carlos Santana has struggled in terms of average, but he's been able to go deep for this team as well. So the Yankees, they look a little bit better on the offensive side of things. And when it comes to the lineup, they are going to be greatly helped by the fact that they are going up against Adrian Hauser. Now, Hauser, to his credit, gave up one run in six innings in his last start against the Cincinnati Reds. That's a good showing with that. If you take out the two random innings he threw in relief against the Pittsburgh Pirates, which why that wound up happening, I have no idea. But in his last eight starts in total, so his rehab is, I guess you'd call it relief appearance. That does not wind up factoring into this. But last seven starts in total, he's allowed three plus runs in every start aside from that lone outlier that we wound up seeing in his last start. And I don't think that that is a sign of things to come. Adrian Hauser, he's a pitcher contact guy that has been getting six half strikeouts per nine innings and doesn't have command as he's been giving out 3.8 walks per nine innings. Has quite honestly been fortunate to not give up more home runs than he has, and he's fortunate to not have a five ERA at this point. He has been pitching that terribly. You just watch him night in and night out. He's not doing a good job of being able to avoid barrels whatsoever. Guys are hitting him. They're hitting him hard. He has been able to do an okay job. I'll be able to shape up a little bit recently, but not a lot of faith there. And then for Frankie Montas, he's been better on the road of late. For Frankie Montas, it has not been a good year for him when he's pitched outside of Oakland. And since he joined the New York Yankees, he does have an ERA that is north of five. As a matter of fact, 594 in his seven starts with the New York Yankees. A lot of that came from his first just cataclysmically bad start against the St. Louis Cardinals, but he has allowed now two runs or fewer in four out of his last six starts. And the Yankees, they back up Frankie Montas with the far superior bullpen. The Yankees, they are second best in the league in terms of bullpen ERA at a 2.94. The Brewers ERA, full point higher in the bullpen at a 3.94. Now, for the Brewers, they've got a lot of firepower when it comes to the offense in terms of being able to go deep. Hunter Renfro, Rowdy Tellez, William Thomas, all these 25 home runs. The Brewers have been able to do a good job of just going deep in general as a team because they do rank in the top five in terms of home runs on a per-game basis. The Yankees rank above the Milwaukee Brewers in terms of home runs per game, and they lead the American League in home runs per game on the road. They leave the big leagues as a whole in total home runs per game. So the Yankees have been able to do a great job 
on that front. We all know about our good friend Aaron Judge, but even someone like Josh Donaldson is able to give you some deep flies as well. I do think that the New York Yankees should be able to get a good start out of Frankie Montas. Just zero faith whatsoever in the rest of the Brewers to be able to move the line. You really don't have anyone other than Christian Yelich hitting above a 260 for this team. So even if the Brewers wind up getting a couple home runs, they're all going to be solo shots. I want to make in the DK Nation pick the New York Yankees in the circumstance, and I do like this total over. Frankie Montas has struggled away from Oakland. Our good friend Adrian Hauser has struggled as a whole. Home, road, planet Mars. He has not pitched well anywhere. So I do like this total over. I felt like at an eight and a half. He had value on the over. And with the Yankees, I'm going to lay up to about a minus 147 with them. So getting between minus 125 to minus 130. Sign me up for the Yankees. That's what my write-up is going to be based around. And I'm also going to be taking a look at this total over. And another game that I'm taking a look at that I think has quite a bit of intrigue. How about a Cy Young contender in the American League making his return to the mound? 925, 926 on the board. The Oakland A's. They're on the road. They're facing off against the Houston Astros as Justin Verlander making his first start in about two weeks for the Astros. And Adrian Martinez, the former Las Vegas aviator, is going to be going for the Oakland A's. And the A's find them as low as a plus 295, where I sit here at Circa actually has the high watermark of plus 313, seeing a lot of plus $3 out there. And then for the Oakland A's, I think the lowest I'm seeing is a minus 355 to a minus 360. This is a gargantuan number with a total of 7.5. And with the Oakland A's, are they the world's greatest team? No, but if you've laid the minus $3 favorite every single time, so in this case, it, with it being minus 360 with the Houston Astros, if you bet $360, lay 100 or bet $360 to win 100 I should say, if you've done that in every one of these games involving a team minus 300 or greater, congratulations, you're down about $2,000 depending upon your closing numbers. There's been no value whatsoever in taking these big giant favorites. Favorites overall over the last 60 days have been winning at right around a 63% clip. Favorites of north of minus $3 have not been winning at too much of a better clip. You're honestly hitting about the same rate on these minus 150 favorites as you are on these minus $3 favorites. There just becomes a point in which you can't wind up laying these numbers. And for Justin Verlander, you don't know how long he's going to be going in this game. We wound up seeing with another Cy Young contender on Thursday who was coming off the injury list and Shane McClanahan. He clearly was on a pitch count. He wound up going five innings and he looked tremendous in those five innings, but he only wound up going five innings. And when it comes to the Oakland A's, sure, this is not the world's greatest offense. No fans or buts about it. They rank in the bottom five in terms of runs scored on a per-game basis. They're also averaging in the month of September a little bit over 4.6 runs per game. They did not find it coming through on the DK Nation pick, unfortunately, for Thursday. So I'm a little bit salty about that one. But for the Oakland A's, they also do have on their front a guy in Adrian Martinez who's been pitching a little bit better. Two runs or fewer given up in three out of his last four stars. He was some good raw stuff. Is going to need to lock it down in terms of command a little bit more. But when it comes to Adrian Martinez, I do think that he's got a little bit of an upside for a team that... Who knows how long they are going to be in Oakland. Perhaps he's going to be back in Las Vegas relatively soon. But for Adrian Martinez, do like the overall stuff that he's been able to lend. He gets right around 7.2, 7.3 strikeouts for nine innings. If you go back to his minor league numbers, since that's where he's made a lot of his starts this season. As a matter of fact, 18 in total. More like 10 strikeouts for nine innings. Did give up the deep ball at the AAA level. Much of that is because he's out there in the PCL pitching for Las Vegas and here in Las Vegas, it was 110 darn near every single day this summer. I know I was jogging in it. It was not fun, but 
for the Oakland A's. They've been able to find some more trustworthy bats to help out Sean Murphy along with Seth Brown. These are two guys that have been able to combine for about 38 to 39 home runs. They've been able to do their job. Meanwhile, for the Oakland A's as a collective, they've got one of the worst batting averages in the league, but they've been calling up some young guys like a Cody Thomas, who's been able to give them some good at-bats. He's been able to hit a 267 in his short time span. Dermis Garcia had a pair of home runs in that series against the Texas Rangers. And for the Houston Astros, they do rank in the top six in the big leagues in terms of home runs on a per-game basis, but they were without Jose Altuve on Thursday. You've got Yuli Gurriel, who's had his struggles this season, hitting about a 245, bottom of the fold, night in and night out. It can be a little bit inconsistent. I like where Christian Vasquez has been able to do a little bit more of a hitting catcher in. With the Astros, no question, it's a tremendous bullpen as Brian Abreu, Ryan Stanek, Rafael Montero, Seth Martinez, all these guys are providing a sub-3 ERA, but for the Oakland A's, AJ Puck, Sam Mull, they've been able to give you a sub-3-3 ERA as well. So these are guys that are rock solid. Mall did wind up getting used up on Thursday, but only for eight pitches, so conceivably he can come back in this game. For the A's, they have been dealing with a few bullpen ailments, but I do think that Adrian Martinez going to be able to give a good start in the circumstance, and I don't think that there's any question as to whether or not Justin Verlander is going to be solid in the start. The only question is, how long does Justin Verlander wind up going? And I think that with the Houston Astros, their mindset is going to be, we want to win in the postseason this mid-September game when we've already got the AL West pretty much in the bag, and it's going to be ours regardless. They are probably not going to risk life or death with Justin Verlander. I think that he winds up giving a short start. That gives a lot of value here on the Oakland A's being right around a $3 favorite and or $3 underdog. And with this total, I like it over as well because I don't think that Verlander is going to have his normal workload. We've got ourselves a normal week two in the NFL though, which means lots of action as we're going to be joined next by professional better in Randy McKay along with Mackenzie Kramer next right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. 
With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Horse racing fans, First Bet wants to invite you to enter their free sweepstakes to win a trip to Santa Anita on October 6th through the 9th. The grand prize package includes airfare, hotels, tickets, plus tickets to the race, and $1,000 in a betting voucher from First Bet. Head on over to drive to vcin.com slash horses now to register as we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa the Sports Betting Network. And great to be joined by Mackenzie Kramer. Does great work over there at ESPN Show, The Daily Wager. And then we've got professional better Randy McKay on as well. And gentlemen, First things first, let's take a look at a little college football. We'll go mostly NFL, but Randy, I know you've got a little college football for this weekend. Take me through what you're going to be taking a look at for this weekend in terms of what I think is going to be a very fascinating slate. Yep, we've got you, Randy. Do you have anything in terms of the college football slate here for week number three? Yeah, I sure do. I got a few uh, few plays that are still kind of available here. I uh, I took uh, good to be on with you, by the way, and uh, I I took uh, California on the opener at eleven and a half, and that's actually came back. Uh, seen some uh, more action here on Notre Dame. Uh, the quarterback course down for Notre Dame, and uh, they don't really look like a, a team that should be laying double digits here uh, against a Pac-12 team. Uh, Cal's not one of the stronger Pac-12 teams, you know, with wins versus UC Davis and uh, really squeaking out against one against UNLV. But uh, that's one I liked, and uh, I like a bunch of totals also I sent you. And and uh, if you want me to, I'll uh, say them if you, if you want me to continue. And the biggest one that I think that you're taking a look at is the over in the Iowa versus Nevada game, which that is going to be a low total. And, 
for Nevada. I think that it's going to be very interesting to take a look at them. I think that they're maybe being a little bit undervalued, being a 24-point underdog. So certainly we've got some intrigue there. And then McKenzie, I know that in terms of the NFL, you've got a couple of straight bets on the board, but you've also got a bit of a teaser. Take me through your teaser and your mindset through there because I know that you want to passing through quite a few critical numbers on this. Yeah, I mean, typically when you take a teaser, you want to be able to go through several different key numbers, three and seven being the main ones. The ones that kind of stick out the most on paper would be the two underdogs, the Panthers and the Steelers, both getting two, two and a half, depending where you're looking. And then two favorites are the Bengals laying seven, seven and a half, seven and a half. A lot of places I've seen you can get them, that down to one and a half. That's not bad. The 49ers from eight and a half to two and a half. But I'm a big fan of the two dogs this week, especially when you look at the two totals of that game, because what because those key numbers become much more important when you have such low totals. You have totals like 44, 40 and 43 in those two games. I think both those games could be really low scoring. The Steelers and the, and the uh, Patriots wasn't really that impressed with the Steelers offense last week. Patriots defense should be able to slow them down. And on the other side, I know TJ Watts out, but the Steelers defense still has a lot going for them on that side of the ball. At, at the Preacher Field, Mac Jones a little banged up. I didn't wasn't impressed much with the Patriots offense. If you could tease that up to eight, you basically have to trust Mac Jones to beat you by two scores. I, I'll take that bet every time. And on the other side with the Panthers and the Giants, uh, I just think the Panthers should be favored in this one. That's one of my straight bets too, uh, them getting two and a half in that game. But get them up to eight and a half. Again, you're trusting Daniel Jones to beat you by two scores. I'll take that bet every time, especially the way the Giants offense looked last week. Yes, you have the big plays with Saquon Barkley, but I don't really see much else going for the Giants offense. Their passing game looked really weak last week. It looked like they were kind of trying to hide Daniel Jones. Their receiving core, Kevin Kenny Galladay is not looking too good. Wandale Robinson's banged up. Kadarius Tony's in the doghouse, and he's hurt too. So you're relying on Richie James and Sterling Shepard off of torn Achilles. I don't really want to take Giants to lay a big number. And if I can get the Panthers plus seven and a half, plus eight on a teaser, I really like that on a two-team six-pointer with the Steelers. The Giants were able to pull it out on Sunday against the Titans, but I agree with you. I still have my question marks there. And Randy, you're in the picture that we always show on these on the phone graphics. You're wearing a Minnesota Vikings. I think you could call it a little bit of a sweatshirt, but... I know that you're going to be looking to actually fade the Vikings this week. Take me through the Eagles and the Vikings game with the Eagles being a two-point favorite because this is one of the biggest ones of the week and part of that Monday Night Football double dip. And also remember when, when I first started doing teasers, you could do two six-point teasers at even money. So that's how long I've been betting. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> but you, you have to lay 120 now to do a, a teaser. In most Sometimes more. With two teams. But, uh, yeah. So uh, in this Vikings game here on uh, Monday night uh, is actually a spot that I kind of look for. It's a, it's a sandwich game for the Vikings. And uh, as a longtime Viking fan, I know this this is a bad spot for them. And then you got a, you know, you got a rookie first, uh, first year coach going on the road. We don't know if he's a good coach yet or not. They look good in their first game, of course, but uh, we don't know if that's a good spot for them. Eagles, I have highly rated as this uh, this year. As a uh, as it goes on, I had them to win the NFC East, and you don't know what you're going to get from the Vikings defense here. This could be a high variance game, as we just talked about with uh, McKenzie uh, talking about those in teaser situation. But this should be a high scoring game, and I see them that favoring the Eagles offense and uh, being at home with the home crowd. Yep, and we did see that Philadelphia Eagles. Defense give up a whole bunch of yardage towards back half of the game against the Detroit Lions. And 
I do think that that's a good question for you, McKenzie, because when it comes to this Eagles team, for one, do you have any feel for them in terms of Sunday night? And two, is it a little bit concerning that they gave up so many yards towards back half of that game against the Detroit Lions? Or are you going to be like a few others that they really push it to the side a little bit more because they did have such a big lead at the time? Yeah, I kind of lean toward the latter, what you said in terms of they had a pretty big lead and they kind of took their, gas, their foot off the gas pedal. I kind of like the Eagles too a lot in that game. I think, I think that line should be a little bit closer to three. I think the Eagles are a slightly better team. They're at home. I think three would be a fair number. So laying less than a field goal at home, I kind of like that. There's a reason I left that game out of my teaser discussion, even though the Vikings could uh, fit that long teaser very well going from two to eight. But with a big total in that game, and I do think that could be a pretty high variance game. That could even be a game to look for some some alternate totals if you think, you know, maybe the Vikings can keep their offense rolling, have Justin Jefferson have a big game, maybe you can get them laying, uh, you know, an alternate line to, to get plus money or on the Eagles side because the Eagles are a really good team with the trenches. They get ahead, they're running game. They might be able to put some distance between them and the Vikings. So I agree that that's a pretty high variance game, but I would lean the Eagles on the spread and uh, I don't really have a strong plan of total in that one. And you bring up something that's very fascinating as well because when it comes to teasers, we always talk about, Teasing through the numbers of three and seven, which are always so important. And I'll pose this to you, Randy, as well. When it comes to just teasers in general, how much more value do you think that there is in teasing down a little bit of a lower scoring game? And we'll start with you, Randy, on this, because I do think that that is something that is very important to recognize because we always take a look at those critical numbers. But from time to time, just being able to tease a game that there's not a lot of expected scoring in general, I do think amplifies the amount of value that you do wind up getting on these teasers. Yeah, you, you definitely have to look at where the totals are at, where they opened at, when you when you consider a teaser, because you know the more high variance a game is, the less them teaser points are worth. And uh, always look at your rules. You know, some some places, some shops, if you uh, tie, you get your money back on the loss. Some you don't. So uh, and look at that as well. I don't do as many teasers as I used to. I made a very good living on teasers way back in the day, like I said, because there were six point even money. You know, you could do a three three team teaser at plus one eighty was which was another good one. And uh, and there was many teaser cards that were very profitable back in back in the day was when I first started. So I I don't do as much teasing now. I look for more straight betting and uh, money line situations than I used to. But uh, yeah, you definitely have to look at the totals. I do think that that's so important as well. And always be a pay- paying attention to how much you wind up getting charged on these Caesars as well. Laying a minus 120 number, not too bad. If you're getting up to minus 130, getting up north of minus 130, you probably want to be looking to another shop to wind up doing that teaser at as well. And Mackenzie, when it comes to the slate as well, I know that you've got a little bit of a side and a total when it comes to the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 taking on the Cleveland Browns and the Browns, finding them in a lot of places right around about a six, six and a half point favorite. Take me through this one because, well, with the Cleveland Browns, it was a relatively solid showing for them against the Carolina Panthers and with the Jets, the opposite against the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I just see this game as being a rock fight on paper. I think that you have a pretty motivated Jets team coming off last week's game against the Ravens where they did outgain the Ravens for the game. A lot of that was obviously garbage time, but the Jets defense I thought was really well, really good last week. The offense looked pretty rough. So, But the biggest key with that game is you got to lay seven points with Jacoby Brissett. It's kind of a similar uh, mindset as the teaser I laid. 
I don't really want to trust Jacoby Brissett to cover a game that's a six and a half point spread. So I, I think that's a, you just have to play him a Jets in this spot. It's kind of a sandwich spot for the Browns, just like we mentioned with the Vikings. Browns getting the win, win in the final seconds last week against Carolina. They got a short week next week against Pittsburgh. They're still banged up in the offensive line. Jack Conklin probably going to miss this game. He didn't practice again today. And Robert Sala spoke to the media, talking about how he's going to take receipts from the media if when the Jets turn it around. So he, I mean, the fan, the, the fan base didn't necessarily take that back then, but his, but his team, I think, is going to be motivated for this one. And I think you have a motivated Jets team that I don't think they're going to be able to score that many points, but I think the defense will show up and they'll be able to limit Nick Chubb just enough to stay within the number and expect a low scoring rock fight under and Jets plus six and a half. A rematch of the old game that saw Baker Mayfield become the Browns starter. And coming up next, we're going to continue our jet, our conversation with these two gentlemen on the NFL right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. Kick off the football season with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is your go to sportsbook for every line boost and special. Place them up with the Bet Rivers Parlay Insurance and Touchdown Insurance is offered every single Sunday all season long. Build a parlay of at least four legs, and if it loses, you get your stake back as a free bet of up to $25. And we draw on any player to score the first touchdown on Sunday Night Football, and you get your money back if they score at any time via a free bet. Head on over to Bet betrivers.com and download the Bet Rivers app. It's a whole new game as we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network being rejoined by Randy McKay, former VEASAN fan of the year and a man that is a professional better. and then we've got Mackenzie Kramer does great work over at ESPN he is a lead researcher over there for their show, The Daily Wager and first things first, we'll talk to you gentlemen about how you're doing in contests because we were talking about this a little bit off air you guys are doing great in Circa Millions, which I need to take notes. I'm 2-3 and three right now, thanks to the Philadelphia Eagles doing what the Philadelphia Eagles wound up doing. But that said, you guys are doing great in the Millions, and, well, for Circa Survivor, it wasn't so great. I'll lead off with you, Mackenzie. How'd your week wind up going, and where did you wind up going wrong in Survivor and right in Circa Millions? You know, I write the ESPN Eliminator Challenge slash Survivor column for ESPN.com slash chalk. So to go 0-3 in week one in Circus Survivor is not an ideal scenario for me. I tried to get away from the Ravens chalk just because it looked like the Ravens are going to be a lot more popular than all the other teams that are a favorite kind of by a similar amount. I thought the Ravens had a bunch of games later in their schedule that I wanted to kind of save them for. So I opted to go with the 49ers, who lost in Chicago at a monsoon despite outgaining them. I went with the Colts, who outgained the Texans nearly 2-1 to one and tied in overtime. And uh, I went with the Broncos, who outgained the Seahawks on, on, on Monday night and lost. So a uh, rough week for uh, Circus Survivor for me, but I did go 4-1 and one in the Millions pool, so uh, hopefully we can keep that rolling. Hey, Randy, I think that you wound up having a similar week to our good friend Mackenzie. Take me through this one and how you had a good week in terms of the Circa Millions contest and, well, a rough one when it came to Survivor. I'll start with a bad one. I lit uh, I lit uh, six grand on fire there. I had uh, uh, four on uh, San Fran like McKenzie did, and I had two on the uh, Tennessee Titans, both blowing double-digit leads. I didn't think uh, San Fran would have – or San Fran's defense would shut out Chicago, but uh, – Fortunately, Fields made a couple plays to beat us, and that started out ugly. But uh, in the other contest, did very well on 
and I'm in a couple college ones too. I kind of broke even in those at the William Hill and the Golden Nugget, but uh, in the in the football contest, it's super contest. I went four and one in the Circa Millions. I won five and zero oh and uh, two four and one. So good start there, you know. So um, I like to do a lot of contests and maybe get lucky like I did last year in the DraftKings and had a good piece of the win in that one last year. So and it also goes to show. Sometimes trying to pick just one winner, sometimes very, very difficult being able to find teams to be able to cover the spread. Five of them can sometimes be a tad bit easier as well, even though it sounds like it would be the exact opposite of that. But something else that we've got to find out about what this Cowboys team is going to do moving forward without Dak Prescott. I'll lead off with you, McKenzie, on this one because that up biggest line move that we wound up seeing from the lines that were posted up prior to the conclusion of the week one games, that'd be the Dallas Cowboys. While Sunday night football was going on, Cowboys were finding themselves a two-point favorite against the Bengals. You figured this was going to move just because of their bad performance that they had in Sunday night football in general, but now we're finding this line between seven to seven and a half with the Bengals being favored. Do you think that this is an appropriate line move or do you think that this is what a tad too far? It might be a little bit too far, and I would lean on the Cowboys getting seven, seven and a half in this game. But I don't know if I'm going to get or get to the window on this, especially <laughs> at a four. If this were a prime time game, you'd probably find me betting the Cowboys just for some action on this. But, and I do think that maybe on defense, I can find some things with Michael Parsons, keep keep the Bengals down a little bit. I'm not totally sold on the Bengals being an elite team. Obviously, they won the AFC last year, but I don't know if they're the, they might be the second or third best team in that division. But I don't know if I want to lay seven points to the Bengals in this spot. To I me, mean, this is a dog or pass spot, uh, kind of like I like to say with some UFC bets. Uh, so I, I might take the Cowboys, but I, I don't really have a strong take on this game. Cooper Rush looked decent last year in his one start, where he won as a four-point dog against the Vikings. Now he's a seven-point dog against Cincy. I'm probably going to stay away from this one, though. I can't blame you for staying away on this one. And Randy, I know that you've done a little bit here with Bengals versus Cowboys. Take me through what you've got. Yeah, week two, uh, just for everybody out there, is uh, looking for overreactions. And uh, we saw that kind of tonight with the Chiefs line going up and getting some value with the Chargers. Of course, we did get the lucky back door, but they had most of the game. And uh, in this game, the Dallas game, I see this as a, a big overreaction line and one that should have been uh, probably about a four, four and a half. I don't really like the Cincinnati team. I bet against them last week. I had the money line on the Steelers. Steelers, which is very lucky to win, but uh, I'll take that and made up for the survivor losses. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so uh, I think this is a pretty big overreaction line and getting over a touchdown here is pretty strong. Um, you know, Cooper Rush burned me last year against Minnesota. I was one of those that had Minnesota pretty big in that game last year. But I, I see them coming out and uh, and having some, having some success against a Cincinnati team that their defense is okay. I mean, it's not one of the better defenses. And uh, Joe Burrow, to me, still looks a little rusty. I mean, uh, you could see it last week with the interceptions. He looks a little slow. And the offensive line hasn't gelled yet. They got uh, three new starters and uh, actually one guy from North Dakota State who I'm real familiar with that they had to play at guard. So uh, I I see this being a little lower scoring game, and I see in the spread coming into effect either way. And uh, that's why I like the plus eight, plus seven and a half is fine as well. Yeah, but with regards to the Cowboys, I do feel like this line has moved just a little bit too far against them. They really weren't moving the ball with Dak Prescott. Who knows? Maybe with Cooper Rush in there, he had the ball a little bit more to Ezekiel Elliott and a guy that many have slandered for not necessarily living up to the contract. 
maybe he winds up coming out for a big week against the Bengals. We shall see. But Mackenzie, I know that you're taking a look at a different underdog. This one finding in a lot of spots about a 10-point dog. That would be the Atlanta Falcons. They're going to be on the road against the LA Rams. Rams wound up coming out in week one. Did not look great. Matthew Stafford clearly being a little bit bothered by an injury. And for the Falcons, many people might claim that they should have won that game against the New Orleans Saints. They did not wind up closing out. But that said, one of the biggest lines on the board. I know that you're taking a look at the Falcons, McKenzie. Why are you taking a look at the Falcons? Because I don't disagree with you on this spot. Yeah, I just think this number is too big for a Rams team. That Sure, they won the Super Bowl last year, but the, the NFL is about what have you done for me lately. And last week, they, they couldn't block the Bills' defense at all. Bills weren't rushing. and Bill, Bills weren't blitzing at all, but the, the uh, they still couldn't pick up their pass rush at all. Falcons are a different type of defense. They're a little softer on defense. They have to blitz a, a lot more to get pressure. But really, I just think this is about the Falcons' offense. And I, I kind of like what they're, they have going to them with, with Marcus Mariota, quarterback. Yeah, he's not a great quarterback by any stretch of the imagination, but Drake London looks like he'd be a really good rookie. Kyle Pitt didn't do much last week, but I think I think the Falcons have enough offensively where you have a couple different outs here that maybe if Stafford's elbow is still not 100%, he's not playing that great. The Rams' offense is limited. They can be a close game that way. And if the Rams get ahead, the Falcons' offense, I think, is spicy enough where they can potentially get the backdoor cover. So I just think the Falcons' offense is a little bit too good. Getting 10 points in the spot with a Rams team that I don't really think as think has much home field advantage. Uh, give me Atlantic plus the points in this one. And many fantasy owners not happy with Cam Akers as well after that week one as well. And rightfully so, I raised my hand as one of them. So we shall see if the Rams utilize him a bit more. And Randy, we want up talking with our good friend McKenzie about this game as it's a 10-point spread. And that's really a theme in week two. We're seeing a lot of games in which you're finding the spread a little bit north of a touchdown. I know that you're taking a look at the Dallas Cowboys as a bit of an underdog. We've got McKenzie on the Atlanta Falcons catching 10. Did you wind up doing anything, whether it be laying the points with a favorite or taking a look at one of these big dogs of north of a touchdown aside from the Dallas Cowboys? Yeah, my rule of thumb usually in, in NFL betting is I don't lay over seven points at home and I don't lay over three points on the road. I mean, if you live to that cardinal rule kind of a little bit, you'll do pretty well in NFL betting. And uh, McKenzie's done a very good job of looking or looking for uh, value on the underdogs, and that's kind of what I do as well. Uh, I don't see really any at this time. I mean, I do have another total that I did bet uh, in the Pittsburgh uh, New England game that I think is still okay. I I took under 41, but uh, I'm seeing that at 40 and a half, so just half point move. Yeah, I think that's a decent total if you want to look at that. I mean, you got you got two offenses that aren't going to blaze you with talent here, and and uh, they're going to have to slowly move the ball down the field. And if there isn't turnovers, and Mac Jones usually doesn't, you know, he had that one bad turnover last week, but usually doesn't turn it over. And neither does Trubisky. So this could be a big grinder out spot, and I definitely see that being an under. Uh, under situation and slobber knocker type game there for sure. Yep. One of those good old games between the Patriots and the Steelers, two teams that perennially typically play a lot of great defense and perennially, this is always a great matchup as well. Getting Randy McKay along with Mackenzie Kramer on the show. These two guys do amazing work. Mackenzie does great work over there at the ESPN Daily Wager. Randy McKay, a professional better. And coming up next, we're going to be taking a look at a little baseball for this Friday here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network.
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Start your football season off on the right foot by subscribing to VSN Pro. Get full access to everything that we do, including our daily picks at a glance, which 
recaps all of the top plays made by VEASAN show hosts and guests 24-7 video season prep, including our weekly college and pro football matchup guides covering every game all season long, pro tools like our exclusive betting splits, and pro tips updated every hour with actionable insights to help your sports betting game. Sign up for our discounted football special and give VEASAN Pro access to everything that we do now through the Super Bowl for just $175 or save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription and bet smarter all season long. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all of your options to become a part of the Sports Betting Network as we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network for six first. A big thanks to Mackenzie Kramer, does a great job over at ESPN's show, The Daily Wager is their main researcher over there. And then Randy McKay, he is a professional sports better that he has won so many contests here in the city that it's not even funny. It is absolutely tremendous to get those two gentlemen on and just mention it. Every single hour, we do give you a little bit of a pro tip to be able to help you out. And this one, I wind up getting via tweet via Tucker Boynton. He actually does a great job as a little bit of an NFL researcher in his own right. This is something to take a look at if you're doing live wagering, because I know that there are many of you that sometimes like with the Chiefs versus the Chargers game, I know that many of you guys were a little bit torn on that one, but Patrick Mahomes, because he did wind up trailing in that game. When Patrick Mahomes is trailing by 10 plus points at the end of the first quarter, he is 10 and eight in his career. Since 2018, all other quarterbacks are 147 and 832. As a 15% win percentage for all quarterbacks not named Patrick Mahomes, and it's 55.6% for Patrick Mahomes. Something to take a look at if you're a little bit of a live better, which I do think that that's a very good way to be able to take a look at things as well. I personally need to get into a little bit more live betting myself, as for those of you guys that listened to the Greg Peterson experience while we were doing this during the summertime, I gave out a couple of totals that were able to hit mid-game with regards to Major League Baseball and anyone that... Fades the LA Dodgers when Craig Kimbrell takes the mound while well, you've been able to do quite well on that fade as well. And sometimes those can be some of the best angles because you don't know when Craig Kimbrell is going to wind up coming into a game and just completely torpedo it. You don't know when Patrick Mahomes is going to get down 10 plus points and be able to have a comeback like he did on Thursday Night Football. So always nice to have those little nuggets at your disposal. And always nice to be able to take a look at a little bit of baseball as well. And in hour number three, we are going to be hitting a little UFC. So We've got you guys covered there. I'm going to be going through my Circa Millions card in hour number three and in a little bit of baseball in hour number three as well. So we've got a little bit of everything going on and we're going to start here by taking a look at a National League game that I do think is quite fascinating as we go 9-11, 9-12 on the betting board. It is the San Diego Padres at the road face off against the Arizona Diamondbacks as Mad Bum has been living up to his name because he has pitched like a mad bum for the Arizona Diamondbacks. And Blake Snell is going to be going for the San Diego Padres. And the Padres, well, they look like bums on Thursday night, but they are finding themselves between minus 175 and minus 180 favorites. Between plus 150 and plus 164, the number on Arizona. Total on this game is 8.5. You're finding a little bit of juice coming in on the over end for the Padres. I was willing to lay a little bit of a run line here. At most spots, I'm finding it at a minus 110. Wouldn't really want to go past minus 110, but I'd be willing to lay the minus 110 run line like we're currently seeing at DraftKings with the San Diego Padres. I do think that they're going to be able to take it to the Arizona Diamondbacks and for Madison Bumgarner. I just mentioned it. He has pitched like a mad bum recently. He's given up four plus runs and six out of his last seven starts. This is not the guy that you came to know and love from the postseason and 
what I think is so surprising is Madison Bumgarner, he's 33 years old. This guy feels like he's about 570. I mean, that, that game that he wanted pitching against the Kansas City Royals in the postseason, it feels like, man, that had to have occurred in like 1983 at this point. Obviously, a little bit of exaggeration there, but for Madison Bumgarner, the uh, precipitous falloff that we have seen from is dramatic. 6.4 strikeouts per nine innings, by far a career low. 2.9 walks per nine innings. That's about 25 to 30% higher than his career averages. He's given up 1.3 home runs per nine innings, and he's just getting tattooed right now. Opponents are at 285 off of him. He had one season prior to 2020 in which opponents won a bidding above a 260 off of him. So not great. And the years at the Diamondbacks over the last 30 days, bullpen ERA of a seven. That is not good. Now, what is fortunate for them is that they didn't have to dive into too many of their more trustworthy bullpen pieces on Thursday. Joe Mantiply has been able to supply a sub three ERA. We're seeing Ian Kennedy doing a little bit of a lesser job for the scene, but by and large, the Arizona the Diamondbacks, they've got a lot of guys like a Mark Melanson, Keenan Middleton, gentlemen of this nature that you really can't rely upon now for the San Diego Padres. 17 and 19 in their last 36 games. It has not been tremendous. For them post-All-Star break, they pick up Juan Soto, who's barely hitting above a 200 in a San Diego Padres uniform. Josh Bell has been hitting right around a 200. These two guys have not been able to supply the boom either. For Juan Soto, he's got three home runs since he got picked up by the San Diego Padres. For Josh Bell, it's not necessarily a whole lot better for him, as he's also got three home runs ever since he wanted joining the Padres to go along with a nice Hardy 204 batting average. Now, they did get Brendan Drury back in the fold on Thursday, and that's big because among the trade deadline acquisitions, I can't believe I'm saying it, Brendan Drury has probably been the best of them because Josh Hader has been terrible as well. And for the Arizona Diamondbacks, what's been terrible for them, the lack of power that they have at home. They hit right around 0.85 home runs per game at home compared to 1.35 on the road. Now, you do have a pair of guys that are able to supply a combined 56 home runs this season. That'd be Christian Walker, Dalton Varsho. Both of these guys hanging in that neighborhood about a 235 to a 240. So they'd be able to do a nice job. Stone, or... Yeah, Seth Garrett, he's been able to do a really good job since he's been able to come up for the years on the Diamondbacks for Stone Garrett. He's been hitting about a 350. Jake McCarthy, he's been hitting nearly a 300 as well. The Diamondbacks, they rank bottom eight in the big leagues in terms of overall batting average, but second half of the season, it's picked up for them a little bit. Just cannot trust in this bullpen. And for the Padres, it's been a little bit tough for the bullpen as well. And the Bell Crisman, one of their better relievers, he is currently out of the fold. He's been dealing with a bit of an injury. Robert Suarez wanted getting used up on Thursday as well. But what has been a nice godsend for the Padres, Blake Snell has pitched really well on the road. You may recall during the 2021 campaign, Blake Snell had an ERA north of six on the road. He had no command to save his life, and he's still given out about four walks per nine innings this season. But for Blake Snell, he's also been able to get over 11 strikeouts per nine innings. It's really been a nice transformation for him because the team... I believe he'll end up going 1-8 and eight in his first nine starts. It was not too terrific. And ever since then, he's really been able to shape up. Wound up getting lit up in his last start against the LA Dodgers. You're going to have that happen when you wind up going up against the LA Dodgers. But in his most recent road starts, has really been able to get the job done. Last time he was on the road was August 30th. Six scoreless things against the Giants. So Giants have their own woes as well. But I like what I've seen recently out of Blake Sell. I think that he's going to come into this game, do a solid job. And for Madison Bumgarner, no trusting in him. Now, when it comes to Snell, he's still going to wind up giving up his walks. So I did wind up making my total an 8.8 .8 as a result. I'm going to be taking a look at the over, but with the Padres, 
Really wouldn't want to lay much more than a minus 110 on the run line, but would be willing to lay a minus 110 on the run line. But they need at least a plus 168 to take a shot in the airs and the Diamondbacks, and we just aren't there with them at this point. Let's take a look at a bunch that has also been struggling in the last few weeks. That'd be the New York Mets. They're playing us to the Pittsburgh Pirates. 9 of 5, 9 of 6 on the betting board. Mitch Keller goes for the Pirates and Taiwan Walkers on the bump for the Metropolitans and the Mets. Sizable favorites. Anywhere between minus 250 and minus 255 between plus 215 and plus 229. Your number on Pittsburgh with total anywhere between 7.5 and, and 8. I'm seeing a straight 8 at DraftKings with the juice on the under. Seeing a lot of 7.5s out there as well. The juice on that total is on the over end. But the Pirates needed at least a plus 215 to take a shot. Right now, the DraftKings number is plus 215. It's really the minimum I would need to take the Pittsburgh Pirates, but I'm willing to take the Pittsburgh Pirates. Last four starts for Mitch Keller have been good. He's been posting up a 222 ERA over his last 30 days, so that's actually his last five starts, so even a bigger sample size with Mitch Keller. He has been giving out about three and a half blocks per nine innings, but he's done a good job keeping the ball in the yard, 0.8 home runs per nine innings, and I just watched Taiwan Walker, and I feel like he's outperformed his skis just a little bit this season because for Taiwan Walker, he's got a career low in strikeouts. He's only been able to get 7.1 strikeouts per nine innings. And after he gave up 1.5 home runs per nine innings, got a little bit unlucky last season. He's given out half of that, 0.8 home runs per nine innings this season. His fielding independent is northward of his ERA. Meanwhile, last year, fielding independent and his ERA really did match up now. What has been good for Taiwan Walker as well, about 2.7 walks per nine innings, but it's actually been a little bit worse when he's been at home rather than on the road. And for the Mets, bullpen has been a little bit hit or miss for the Pittsburgh Pirates. They've got a bullpen ERA that ranks in the bottom five of the big league. So I do take a look at the circumstance. They might have saying a little bit north of eight. So whether you've got a seven half or an eight, I'm going to be taking a look at the over. But like the recent form of Mitch Keller, you've got Brian Reynolds slugging out over 20 plus home runs. I'm going to be willing to take a plus price out of the Pittsburgh Pirates as well. And I'm going to take a little bit more of a look at baseball in our number three. But on top of that, I'm going to go through my Circa Millions card and talk a little UFC on our number three of the Greg Peterson experience next here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. The Bet River Sportsbook app has a huge number of live streaming events every day. Bet River Sportsbook has great offers, including a $250 match bonus on your first deposit, and all bonuses are only one time playthrough. Amazing offers and great customer service makes Bet Rivers your hometown sportsbook. Must your hometown sportsbook. Must your hometown sportsbook. Must your hometown sportsbook. MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All stars. Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.